Good day, everyone. Welcome to Learning Bible Truth. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D., here to take you on a tour of the Bible by reading entire books, not just one scripture of the Bible. And I will be sharing commentary with you while we read line upon line and precept upon precept of every scripture. Since you won't take the time to study and show yourself approved before God, I am bringing the scriptures to you. So get your Bibles, take out pen and paper, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Good day, saints. I am happy to be back. I hope this day finds each and every one of you well. I know I have been missing for two weeks, but if you can recall, the last time we got together, I told you guys that I had been in a an accident on October the 1st where my car was totaled. However, I walked away without a scratch. It wasn't my fault. I praise God every day that he protected me. And you guys know in every tragedy, God can turn it into a blessing. Now, I am driving a 2021 now. I have been taking care of my business. Yes, nevertheless, I am back. Now, we will continue touring the Old Testament. Now, today's lesson is the prophet Jonah, the assignment God gave the prophet Jonah. Now, let me share a little bit of information about Jonah. Um, back in maybe about, there's no definitive uh, proof or written documentation that Jonah wrote it between these times. However, because of who was the king back then, we can say it was written between 760 BC or after 612 BC. Now, Jonah is about God's compassion for everyone. Now, Jonah was a prophet. He was the prophet during that time, okay? And a little bit of background, God had commissioned Jonah to go to a pagan nation, a city in a pagan nation, Assyria. But God commissioned him to go to Nineveh. Nineveh was a city located inside of Assyria. Now, Nineveh and Assyria is a Gentile nation. The Ninevites were Gentiles. Also, the Ninevites were black people. Okay. Now, Jonah is the only prophet in the entire Old Testament that God asked to go and share a message with Gentiles. Uh-huh, silence for reflection. Jonah is the only prophet God commissioned to deliver a message to the Gentiles. Jonah was a Hebrew, meaning a Jew. And Jonah was a very defiant prophet, a disobedient prophet. He did not want to go and deliver that message to the Ninevites. Reason being is because the Ninevites had treated Israel and Judah so bad. Every time you look around, they were robbing Israel. 
They were taking some of the Israelites captive. They treated them like what we would say in our time, dogs. So Jonah could not understand why God, the Almighty, the God who made the heaven and the earth, the God, the only true and living God, would have compassion on people who mistreated Israel. Okay. Now, Jonah only has four chapters. It is a very short story about the prophet Jonah, uh, which is good. Now, today I will be teaching from and reading from the New Living Translation. Uh, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, I typically switch versions of the Bible depending on which one is delivering the most accurate um, message in, in the version uh, compared to the Greek or the Hebrew. Okay. Because scriptures originally in new Testament was written in Greek in the old Testament. It was written in Hebrew or Aramaic. Now all versions of the Bible are not accurate. No, they are not. So you have to be careful which version of the Bible you choose to read and study from. Now today, like I said, I will be reading from the New Living Translation and Jonah only has four chapters. Okay, so I am beginning at verse one. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Verse two, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. Now I want to stop right here and digress. He said nothing about their ethnicity. He said nothing about their skin color. Okay. Man over the course of the year, course of the years, not just man, but uh, prejudiced men and racist men tried to use the Bible to justify their racism. It's not in here. It's not in here. And this is living proof. I have read the Bible from front to back, studied all kinds of study material and God never condemned his creation because of their skin color. He made us the way he wanted us to be. Okay. In terms of ethnicity and those who are in Christ, we, there is no male, nor female, nor Jew, nor Greek, nor bond, nor free. We are all one in Christ Jesus. We are made with one blood, all nations. Okay. I needed to digress there. And I want to thank the Holy Spirit for prompting me to say that. For information purposes, I am having some mic issues. So you may hear uh, some bumps, some bruises or some static. I am not using my original mic. I don't know what happened. It went out. So I had to switch to a headphone mic. And I don't like these headphone mics, but this is what I have to work with today. But in the end, we will be in the same place. Okay. Now, I hope you are in Jonah. Jonah has four chapters. I know I mentioned it before, but I want to repeat it. And I am reading from the New Living Translation, uh, beginning at verse one. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Verse two, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. Verse three. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. 
he bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Now, this alone should tell you that Jonah had some mental health issues because how can you get away from the Lord? Okay, you can't get away from the Lord. Um, God had given Jonah this assignment and he didn't want to do it. Very stubborn prophet. Uh, verse four. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Verse five. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors who were on the ship shouted to their gods. These were pagan gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. Verse six. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted, get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Now they said this because whomever and whatever they were praying to couldn't help them. Couldn't help them. Okay. Verse seven. When the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. I'm going to um, explain that in a few. Verse eight. Why has this awful storm come down on us? They demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Now, casting lots in the biblical days, um, it is unclear how they were cast. Uh, but they were common uh, method. It was a pagan uh, divination as well back in the biblical days. It was a method sometimes used uh, to determine God's will. Uh, you can read Leviticus 16, 8 and Joshua 18, 6. Um, however, when they cast these lots, the lot did fall on Jonah, letting them know the reason for this storm was because of this individual. Uh, but let's pick up at verse nine. Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. And I must reiterate the only true and living God is the God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea, meaning the water. Okay. That is the only true and living God. That is the God whom Jonah served. So I want you to listen to these men. After Jonah revealed whom he serves. Verse nine, Jonah answered. I'm reading verse nine again. Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord and God of heaven who made the sea and the land. Verse 10, the sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? This, this is what the sailors were telling Jonah. They groaned. Verse 11. And since the storm was getting worse at the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? <laughs> they, want, they wanted Jonah, Jonah off of that ship. Verse 12. This is Jonah talking. Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Verse 13. Instead, the sailors rode even harder to get the ship to the land. But the story, but the stormy sea was too violent for them and they couldn't make it. Verse 14. 
Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God, because their man-made pagan gods couldn't answer them because they weren't real. So they started crying out to the true and living God who Jonah served. And the sailors were pagan worshipers, by the way. Okay, they were Gentiles. Um, oh Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin and don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. Now here's the thing. They, Jonah told this man or the sailors to throw him overboard. So they started praying to God, Jonah's uh, God, not to harm them if they threw Jonah overboard. That's why they started praying to him. Uh, verse 15, then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea and the storm stopped at once. Your version of the Bible may say immediately. Okay, verse 16. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. So they stopped worshiping their pagan man-made gods to worship the true and living God. Yes, this occurred in the Old Testament before Jesus came. Okay, verse 17. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Now, before we go into chapter two, you guys can recall back in Matthew, Jesus made the comment to an evil and adulterous uh, generation who were asking for a sign. Jesus said, no sign shall be given to you except the sign of Jonah. This is what he was talking about. Him being in the, the grave three days and three nights, he was referring to Jonah's, Jonah being in the mouth of the fish or the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Okay, uh, let's go to chapter two, verse one. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. Verse two, he said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble and he answered me. How many of you heard this one verse of scripture read to you? Uh, it's encouraging. You cry out to the Lord and, and he answer you. But there's a story behind this. When they mentioned this scripture, did they tell you why and where Jonah was? Jonah was in the belly of the fish, which was symbolic to Hades, hell, a dark place, a horrible place. But he had defied the Lord. He was disobedient. Okay. He refused to carry out the task that the living God had given him. And this is how he ended up in the belly of the fish. Okay, uh, let me read verse one again. Verse one and verse two. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. Verse two, he said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead. See, that's where he was. The land of the dead is representing a dark place like Hades, where Jesus went for three days and three nights. And Lord, you heard me. Verse three, you threw me into the ocean depths and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Verse four, then I said, oh Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. Verse five, I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. Verse six, I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. 
I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord, my God, snatch me from the jaws of death. Verse seven, as my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Verse eight, those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. Now, why did Jonah say that? Because those who worship false gods cannot appreciate the mercy God desires to bestow on people. Okay, that's why Jonah made that comment. Verse nine, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise. This is how you offer sacrifices to God through your lips, songs of praise. You start praising him. It took that for Jonah <laughs> to start praising and thanking God in the midst of his selfish behavior. Um, let's do verse nine again, nine again, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise and I will fulfill all my vows for my, my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Verse 10, then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Now we don't know where Jonah was spit out at, but, uh, the fish spit him out on dry land. Uh, chapter three, verse one, then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Verse two, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. This is past tense, given you. He has to go and deliver that same message. Verse three, this time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. Verse four, on the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds. 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. Verse five, the people of Nineveh believed God's message. Say what now? They believed what came out of Jonah's mouth. Mm -hmm. They didn't resist him. They heard it one time and they believed. And from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap. Burlap is a, a form of cloth. Okay, sackcloth to show their sorrow. That's what they did back in the day, in the biblical days, when you were sorrowful or remorseful, you would put on cloth over your shoulders to show that you were in mourning. Okay, verse six. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap in that same sorrow cloth and sat on a heap of ashes. Verse seven, then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks may eat or drink anything at all. Verse eight, people and animals alike must wear garments of mourning and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Verse nine. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. Verse 10. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. Now, this is where Jonah gets angry again. Jonah was something else. But this also tells us if God calls you to do or complete a mission for him. He's not going to going to change because if it was me, 
See, we are fleshly. God is holy. I would have cast Jonah to the side, but God commissioned him to go and deliver this message for a reason. This, this was a Gentile city and they were black people. You won't know they black from here, but if you do your research on the Ninevites, they were black people. Um, I just thought I'd share that and was prompt to share that by the Holy, Holy Spirit. But here's the thing. God had compassion on everyone back then. They were constantly attacking Israel. Israel was God's, God's chosen nation um, with God's chosen people. Uh, they were attacking Judah as well. But Jonah was angry. He wanted God to destroy Nineveh. Yes, he did. And had an issue when God had mercy on them. Now, listen, let's let's move to uh, the fourth and final chapter. Chapter four, verse one. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah and he became very angry. Angry at who? With the Lord. Uh huh. Verse two. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. <laughs> My God, it was like God dealing with uh, a child. I don't know how old Jonah was. I would have to do some research, but it really doesn't matter. He was acting like a child. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. This is the God we serve. All of this destruction that's going on now. Now we are in a different dispensation. We are under the dispensation of grace. Back then they were under the dispensation of condemnation, which was attached and associated with the law. Okay. Um, verse four, the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? That's a question. Verse five, then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. He still wanted God to destroy this city. Now the message was, if you didn't repent and turn from your wicked ways, the city would be destroyed within 40 days. And Jonah went and sat for them 40 days because he wanted God to destroy Nineveh. Okay, verse six. And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there. And soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort. Whose discomfort? Jonah's discomfort because the sun was beating his butt. And Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But this is a lesson God is about to teach Jonah. Verse seven. But God also arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. Verse eight. And as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. Now this was Jonah talking. Verse nine. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah ret retorted, even angry enough to die. Verse 10. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. Verse 11. Listen to this. This is the moral of this story. But Nineveh 
has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? See, God had concern over people, but Jonah was flipping and sorrowful for a piece of fruit. Do you hear me? And he was trying to get Jonah to understand the difference. Jonah was still carrying around the hate and dislike that he had for Nineveh because of what they did to Israel and what they were doing to him. Now, Jonah's response, it got to give us an indication that the Ninevites were horrible people. So it doesn't matter how bad you are. God, trust me, if you repent and turn from your wicked ways, God will forgive you. We serve a merciful God. God was merciful back then. Jesus Christ had not come in the flesh yet. And God still had mercy on people who were not Jews, who were Gentiles that had been attacking his people. God still had mercy on those people. He still had love for those people, just like he has love for us today. Now that was the end of uh, the story of the prophet Jonah. As you can see, it ended with Jonah still being angry. God is a merciful God. He was merciful back then, and this was before the Lord Jesus Christ came in the flesh. We are under the dispensation of grace. Back then, they were under the dispensation of condemnation, but God still had mercy on non-Jews, people that were not his. So think about how he has mercy on us today, because we are under the dispensation of grace. We are not under the dispensation of condemnation. So we serve a merciful God. Even though Jonah was disobedient, he still carried out uh, the task that God commissioned him to do. But did, did you see what God had to do to Jonah to make him do it? And my message to you is that if God asks you to do something, you need to do it because he's not going to change the gift and calling of God or without repentance. And I can tell you that uh, the story of Jonah is similar to my own story. When I was first called to the ministry, I did not want to preach. I did not want to teach. I knew I had a teaching gift. I did not want to utilize it to preach or teach the gospel because I, I was lied to by a Baptist church, a Baptist denomination. And when I learned the truth, I completely turned away from the church. I never turned away from God, though. I want to make that clear. I never turned away from God. When I found out uh, what I had to do to be born again, I did it and I became born again, but I did not want to preach. And then God spoke to me just like he did uh, the apostle Paul. He taught Paul over a certain amount of years and gave, gave Paul revelation of the scriptures just like he did me. And then I went to school. I knew, I already knew a lot before I went to school to receive these degrees. And I, I had uh, exchanged words with one of the bishops because I knew what he was saying wasn't true. And I showed him in scripture. And I don't want to digress too much about that because I do have some teachings coming up. But the moral of the story, as it relates to Jonah, if God calls you to do something or tells you to do something, you need to do it whether you want to do it or not. And just because Jonah didn't want to do it, God still commissioned him to do it. He didn't change. The only time God will change is if you repent, because those of you today 
who are under grace and those who are not under grace by the sound of my voice. If you have not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, see, this story is similar to what Jesus said to those to the evil and, and adulterous generation back in Matthew. He said the only sign that I will give you is the sign of Jonah. He was talking about Jonah being in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Jesus was talking about himself being crucified and buried and in the grave three days and three nights. And in another place in Matthew, Jesus said that the men of Nineveh uh, repented at the preaching of Jonah and a greater than Jonah is here. So Jesus was telling them, the people in his time, a greater than Jonah is here. If the men of Nineveh repented at the preaching of Jonah, you need to repent at my preaching. But a lot of them did not. So I hope you were enlightened by the story of Jonah. And even though I have some information coming up on how to contact me, if you have any questions, um, I will give you uh, my email address right now. TalkingBibleTruth.cd at gmail.com. Feel free. I get emails all the time to ask questions and I will personally answer your question via email. So until next time, saints, peace out. All right. I hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, please send your questions to trustgod55.cd at gmail.com. Or you can send me a direct message by clicking on the message button located on my podcast, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public, and submit your remarks. You can also support my podcast financially by accessing all my podcasts and clicking on the support this podcast button. Whatever you choose to donate will be greatly appreciated. I am praying for God to give you a return on your seed. Praise God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, the Apostle Paul says, as it relates to sowing a seed. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Hallelujah. Now God will give you a return on your seed as long as you sow your seed in good ground with a cheerful heart. The key is having a cheerful heart. Now until next time, brothers and sisters, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D, rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. I thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.